message of this series entitled Journey to Freedom. And she mentioned to you that this message series is actually uh, based on different songs that have been sung and written by Zach Williams. Last week she shared a message entitled Slave to Nothing to point out that because of Jesus Christ we are slaves to nothing. We can be free from any addiction, any habit, any hurt, any hang-up that may have kept us captive. We can be free. And because of what Jesus did through his redemptive work on the cross. Now, what happened last week is that at the end of her message, she played a video. We have tried everything we could to work both with Facebook and YouTube. But we still got flagged and we still got bumped off after a few hours. They stopped playing it. Uh, because I guess we committed a violation, even though we tried to reach out and get help and, you know, all that stuff. So today I'm going to sing this act while our worship leader is already going in the Holy Ghost joy right now. He's just, he's bubbling over like, this is going to be something else. I told him in color, I'm going to sing over here. And they're like, maybe we'll watch the service then. <laughs> No, I'm going to be sharing some lyrics from the song that I'm going to be focusing on entitled, Heaven Help Me. Heaven Help Me. In this message, uh, I'll refer to some of the lyrics of that song. But I want today uh, to share with you from a passage in the Bible that speaks of a mom that found herself in a desperate situation in which she recognized that her only hope was truly help. From heaven, and she cried out for heaven to help her. And so, I want you to go with me to the gospel according to Saint Matthew, Matthew chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 21 through 28. Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. Let me just say that it was challenging, and I shared this with them in uh, the crowd in Cutler, our church in Cutler, that it was challenging preparing this message because. I know it's Mother's Day, and of course we want to honor the moms of the house. But I also want to do my due diligence to make sure that I'm communicating a message that will minister to all that are in the house. And so I sought the Lord for this message, and I asked Him, please help me to develop this message in a way that it will speak to anybody who needs help from heaven. So here in Matthew 15, beginning with verse 21 down to verse 28, we read, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said, 
to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This morning, I want to point out two things this passage reveals about who heaven helps. Two things that this biblical account shares with us and shows us regarding who heaven helps. First of all, heaven helps those who cry out. Heaven helps those who cry out. The scripture tells us there in Matthew 15, 22, And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him. She cried out. She cried out because she recognized that her need was greater than her capability and ability to meet or address it. She recognized that what she was dealing with in her daughter was beyond the capacity of her hands to fix or resolve. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you had to come to the conclusion, unless I get some help for this, this is not going to be settled, or this is not going to be resolved. This is where this woman was. She was facing an overwhelming situation in the condition that her daughter found herself in. In fact, the Bible describes her daughter's condition as being one of one that was severely, seriously, in other words, demon Possess. She cried out. Now, when I look at the scriptures, what I discover is that God invites us to cry out. God invites us to cry out to Him. In fact, through the psalmist, the Lord declares in Psalm 50, verse 15, He says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. The word for call here, kara in the Hebrew, it means to cry out. So God is saying, cry out to me in the day of trouble. And this word trouble speaks of being in a straight or a tight place. Have you ever found yourself in that situation that has been proverbially identified as between a rock and a hard place? Have you ever found yourself confined and restricted and hemmed in and boxed in by oppressive circumstances? The Bible says, if you're ever in such a place, you are not helpless. You're just one call away. If you will cry out, God says, I will deliver you. I will rescue you. I will come to your aid. I will assist you. I will bring you out of that situation that seems restrictive and confining your soul. I will be there to deliver you. But not only that. The Bible tells us through Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 33.3, in a verse that is well known, God says, call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The same Hebrew word for call, 
Kara means to cry out. God says, cry out to me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty. But sar things, meaning things that are inaccessible, things that are isolated. God is saying because he recognizes that all of us have been in situations, in circumstances where we couldn't figure our way through. We couldn't figure our way out. We racked our brain, tried to come up with ideas of how do I maneuver my way through this minutia of, 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 and this dilemma that I'm dealing with. How do I, how do I get through this? And we come to the conclusion, there's no way out. But God says, when you're in that situation, cry out to me because my ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than yours. I've got a thousand and one ways to get you out of your circumstance. And I'm just one cry away. I'm just one call. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying to you that no matter how helpless you may feel you are today, you have help in heaven. All you got to do is cry out. Woo! Ah! In fact, can I tell you something? God is sending you a personal text today. And you know what his text reads? H-M-U. Hit me up. I'm, I'm trying to help the older here. Hit me up. God is saying, hit me up. Are you in trouble today? Hit me up. I am ready. I'm a cry away. I'm a call away. And if you hit me up, I'll show up in the midst of your deliver, in your dilemma and deliver you. Woo! And then what does she cry out for? The Bible tells us she cried out for mercy. She cried out for mercy. She said to the Lord, have mercy on me. O Lord, Son of David. Now, Ozzy, I know you're into photography and there's others here that you like to take pictures and you got these fancy cameras, but back in the day, maybe some of my boomers would know. Uh, remember, uh, we used to have a Polaroid cameras. Anybody remember those Polaroids that you take the picture and this thing would slide out and, and then you hold on to it for a little bit and then the picture would come out. How many remember Polaroid? Man, y'all are old. No, just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. You remember those Polaroid? Well, back in the day, there, there, was, there was a young lady who occasionally walked through the park after work, and she stopped to have her picture taken by a photographer on this particular day, and he had a pe- Polaroid. She was very excited about her picture being taken. As she walked out of the park, though, she looked at the Polaroid picture in total amazement. She turned and headed back to the cameraman, and when, they, when she got there, she stated to him, This is not right. This is not right. You have done me no justice. The photographer looked at the picture. Then he looked at her. Looked at the picture. Then he looked at her. He said, Miss, you don't need justice. You need mercy. Uh Uh-oh, the eyebrow went up. I'm in trouble now. I went too far. Now, think about it. If God dealt with us justly, none of us would be here today. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think we look good. But if we look at the real picture... Under the microscope of God's eye. Justice is not what we really want. What we really want is mercy. 
A, a commentator, a teacher by the name of Warren Wiersbe pointed out that mercy is God not giving me what I deserve. Therefore, this woman understood, if I'm going to come to the Lord, I must not come based on my merit. I must come pleading for His mercy. Let me say to all of us, if we are to experience the work of God in our lives, we dare not approach God with our own righteousness. We dare not come with the list of our qualifications. Because the fact of the matter is, regardless of how much we have accomplished, it is still going to fall short of the standard of God's holiness and righteousness. But thank God for Jesus. Because through Jesus, mercy is granted. Through Jesus, we can come not based on our merit, but pleading for mercy. And God says He will give us mercy and grace for our time of need. This woman understood it. She cried out for mercy. In the words of John R. W. Stott, he pointed out, the gospel is good news of mercy to the undeserving. The symbol of the religion of Jesus is the cross, not scales. Oh, I don't come based on my merit. I come based... On his mercy. To plea for his help. The heaven help me song. Begins with a verse that really is a cry. A plea. A prayer for help. It says. When I can't find the words. When I can barely breathe. I'm falling on my knees. Heaven help me. Heaven help me. When I can't feel you near. And I can't hear you speak. I'm falling on my knees. Heaven, help me. Heaven, help me. The late Alex Haley, the author of Roots, had an unusual picture hanging on his office wall. It was a picture of a turtle on top of a fence post. When he, when he was asked, why is that turtle there? Alex Haley answered, Every time I write something significant, every time I read my words and think that they are wonderful, and every time I begin to feel proud of myself, I look at the turtle on top of the fence post and remember that he did not get there on his own. You see, church, this is at the root of our thankfulness. This is at the root of our worship and praise. It's a recognition that if we're here today, we didn't get here all by ourselves. We got here because in Him we live and move and have our being. We got here because He has been, as the psalmist said, a very present help in time of trouble. No wonder the psalmist said in Psalm 121, 1 and 2, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Does my help come from the mountains? No. He said, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I understand today. I'm recognizing today that if I've achieved 
achieved anything, accomplished anything of merit. It's not because I'm something great. It's because He gave me breath in the first place. I exist. I'm mobile. I'm able to operate because my source is Him. He is worthy because truly my help comes from Him. Now, the second thing that this biblical passage in Matthew 5, uh, 15, 21 through 28 reveals about those heaven helps is this. Heaven helps those who worship. Heaven helps those who worship. Notice what the scripture says there in Matthew 15, 25. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help. Me. Then she came and worshipped him. Again, the song, Heaven Help Me. In the chorus it states, help me, help me, because I can't walk this road alone. And I can't do this on my own. Tell me, tell me. I just need to hear you say that everything will be okay. Now, this mother that we're reading about today here in Matthew 15, 21 through 28, was seeking help from heaven for a daughter who was severely demon-possessed. And as she's seeking help, she worshipped and then requested the Lord's help. Now, interestingly, this word for worship, proskuneo in the original language, It has the meaning of to kiss, like a dog licking its master's hand. It also has the meanings of to fawn or crouch, that is literally or figuratively, to prostrate oneself in homage, do reverence to, adore, worship. So, now, if you read the passage, you see that when she first cried out for mercy, Saying, Son of David, have mercy on me because my daughter is severely demon-possessed. The Bible says that Jesus did not answer her a word. Jesus was silent to her request. But I want you to notice that the silence of Jesus did not detour or discourage her. It made her more determined. Now, instead of being repelled... And withdrawn by the silence of Jesus, she came to him, it says, and then she worshipped. She paid homage. And I want you to know throughout, every time she addressed Jesus, she called him Lord, Kurios, Master, Authority, the one in charge, the one... Who is in control? The Bible tells us in Psalm 95 verse 6, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. And the word worship here, shahat, in Hebrew means to bow, to stoop, to bow down before someone as an act of submission or reverence to worship, to fall or bow down when paying homage to God. The primary meaning is to make oneself low. To make oneself low. 
You see, when I come to worship, it's different than praise. And praise, I celebrate the works of God. I celebrate the acts of God. I celebrate the power of God. But in worship, I bow. I prostrate. I even get lay flat. Why? Because I'm acknowledging the person of God, who He is. He's Lord. He's master. He's ruler. He's superior. I'm inferior. Let me point this out because this is so important. Some, sometimes the reason why we don't get the help of the Lord is because we think we're in charge. And we try to prove it. But this woman, remember, every time she came to address the Lord, she called him Lord. She called him Curios. She called him Master. She called him, she recognized. Now, get this, get this. It is those who exercise recognition that will experience the Lord's intervention. Let me say that again. It is those who exercise recognition that will experience the Lord's intervention. You want the Lord's help? Then recognize that He is God and you are not. And let me settle something right here, right now. God does not help those who help themselves. God helps those who recognize they are helpless and need His help. God helps, as we see here, those who come before Him, bow before Him, at crying out for help in recognition that I need help. So, here's the good news, that God is not on some ego trip. God wants you to recognize for your own good so that you will finally let go of trying to work everything out through your power, your strength, your wisdom that continually keeps getting you on a, between a rock and a hard place, keeps getting you finding yourself in a corner, unable to work your way out. God is saying, just please hit me up. Because the moment you recognize who I am, you open the door for me to show up and confirm it. Now watch this. So then Jesus finally talks to her. I love this. There in verses 26 to 28 it says, But he answered and said, It is not good. Take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, notice again, Yes, who? Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. What did this woman do? She recognized both the Lord's position, Lord, and his power. Watch this. Jesus called her a little dog. Put yourself in her place. What if Jesus would have said that to you? Would you have said, Why, thank you, Lord, for that term of endearment. But understand, it was not uncommon. For the Jews to refer 
to the Canaanites, their arch enemies, their enemies, as dogs. In fact, they would use a derogatory term, dogs, for one that meant wild, homeless scavengers. But Jesus used a term that meant a family pet. Watch what Jesus was doing. Jesus was drawing a scene. And in this scene, there's a family at the dinner table. And they're enjoying their meal. And Jesus includes in this scene the family dog. The dog's just there, waiting. Maybe I'll go over here because Junior here doesn't like Mama's cooking all the time. Maybe he'll give me a Or over here because Daddy says he's enjoying, but I know how he plays that game. Watch this. She responded to what would have appeared to be an insult, understanding it was actually an invitation. Jesus was inviting her into the scene. And notice what she says. You're right, Lord. It's not right. It's not right for that family pet to be given the family bread. But it's okay to be given a crumb. Do you realize what she was saying? I don't need a loaf of bread. I don't even need a slice of bread. I don't even need a piece of bread. All I need is a crumb of your power. Because a crumb of your power is enough to set my daughter, who is severely demon-possessed, free. Did you get that? Her faith enabled her to recognize he is Lord. He is almighty. He is all-powerful. He is so strong. He is so powerful that all I need is a crumb of his power for the well-being and deliverance of my daughter. I want you to understand today that God can do more through his pinky than all of mankind can do through their ingenuity and their power because he is almighty. He is all-sufficient. He is all-powerful. And His power is inexhaustible. His power never runs out. His power is always at optimum level, at maximum capacity. So I want you to understand today that no matter what your need is, there is more than enough supply in the one who says when you pray, pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread. He's got more than enough to supply your need today. Woo! Now, let's go back. As I bring this plane to a landing, let's go back to the beginning of this passage, specifically the 21st verse. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Why is that significant? Because if you study, you'll discover this. This was the only time that Jesus left Jewish territory. 
Why? Because there was a mother who needed his help. Jesus values the one. Tyre and Sidon were Gentile cities, watch this, located some 50 miles, 80 kilometers away. Yet Jesus went all the way to meet one Gentile woman's need. This shows the remarkable and unexpected love that Jesus had for this woman of Canaan. That is why it is not far-fetched and neither is it a stretch to say that if you were the only person that Jesus would have had to leave heaven's glory to come to earth to die for, he would have done it. Understand, yes, it's true. You've heard it quoted in church. God so loved the world. But let me remind you that this God who loved the world loves you. And if you were the only one in need, he'll leave the 99 to go after the one. That's why he told that that triad of parables of the lost coin, of the lost sheep, of the lost son, because he wants us to understand heaven values the one. Heaven values you. You are not worthless. You are not hopeless. You are not helpless because there's a God in heaven who through Jesus, his his son, has manifested himself to demonstrate to us, this is my care. This is my compassion. This is the extreme that my love is willing to go to bring aid, help to you. I want you to understand today that regardless of where you find yourself at in life. You are not beyond help because our helper, the Lord, is more than capable and able to assist and deliver and rescue you today. So, what do I do, Pastor? Do what she did. She prayed a three-word prayer. (laughs) Lord, help me. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't eloquent. It was simple and sincere. Lord, help me. In the words of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, he stated, I commend this prayer to you because it is such a handy prayer. You can use it when you are in a hurry. You can use it When you are in a fright, you can use it when you have not time to bow your knee. You can use it in the pulpit if you're going to preach. You can use it when you're opening your shop. You can use it when you are rising in the morning. It is such a handy prayer that I hardly know any position in which you could not pray it. Lord, help me. Let me remind us. That it was a three-word prayer that got Peter the help from heaven. He started walking on water. But as soon as he saw the wind and the waves, he started sinking. And he cried out, Lord, save me! And the Bible says, immediately, the Lord reached out 
and kept him from going fully under. And what happened? Not only did he rescue him from sinking, he got, gave him the opportunity to walk on water the second time. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of Lord we serve. I'm saying to you, you may feel unqualified. You may feel undeserving. But remember, it's not based on your merit or my merit. It's based on His mercy. If you cry out in simplicity and sincerity, I'm speaking of the Lord who is ready to intervene in your life today. So if you need help today, I want to encourage you to cry out to the Lord who is sending you a personal message. You already know. H-M-U. Hit me up. And if you are in need of help today, I'm inviting you to exercise recognition of who God is and for you to come and bow before Him. What are you saying, Pastor Angel? I'm saying this. Whatever your need is, he's able. He's able. Whatever you need help for, he can help you. What I understand through this woman's example is this, that sometimes in our lives we come to God for another and then we recognize in the process, I need help. Why? This mother had been carrying the weight of having to deal with a severely demon-possessed child. And it was not just afflicting her daughter. It was afflicting her own soul. For some of us, it could be that we're tired today, we're weary today, because of the care and concern we have for somebody else. And we see their condition. Well, here's the good news. The Lord can help you with your own burden today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus, the one who is the deliverer. And I thank you, Lord, that you truly are a very present help, a greatly found help in trouble. When we find ourselves in a tight place, in a situation in which, Lord, we find ourselves confined and restricted, you're there. You're ready to help. You're ready. You're just waiting for us to cry out. And Lord, I thank you today that you are very present right now to help those who recognize that you alone are God and they are not. And that, Lord, we don't have to try to work our way out. We just need to humble ourselves before you and recognize that you are the one who is our hope and our help. Father, I pray right now, your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm going to open up this front area. We call it the altar. And as I shared in Cutler, this message wasn't just for mamas today. Because I know there are people here that you came in need of help. God's ready to help you. All you have to do is cry out to him. For some of us, it's coming before him humbling ourselves in recognition 
that he alone is God and we are not. Some of us, it's coming in worship, acknowledging his lordship, acknowledging that he is master, he is ruler, and inviting his rule into not only our hearts, but our lives and our circumstances right now. And so I'm going to open up this area to invite you that say, Pastor, I need help today. I need God's help. I want to remind you of what I've said repeatedly. At this altar, this is a no-shame zone. Because the devil will use shame. He'll, he'll, He'll try to embarrass you. Why would you even think of going up there? What are people going to think? This woman could care less what people thought. She had a need that she knew only Jesus could resolve. Only Jesus could meet. She was not going to let the opinions of anybody stop her from the miracle that she knew was within reach if she just got to Jesus. She knew the help she needed was there in the person of Jesus. And I'm saying to you, you don't have to worry about shame. The Father's not going to shame you. He's going to wash you. He's going to cleanse you. He's going to help you if you'll call on Him. So, right now, say, Pastor Angel, I need help. I can't deal with this on my own. I've got this hurt. I've got this habit. I've got this hang-up that I've tried. I'm in this situation that I I, I feel restricted and confined, and I I can't figure out how to work through it. I want to invite you to come because there's help for you today in the person of Jesus. Just make your way forward right now. If you need the help of the Lord, you come right now. This is your moment. We've got prayer warriors that are ready to join with me to pray for you. This is your moment. I need God's help. You need it? Come. Come right now. That's it. Come. Come. I need help. I need help from heaven. God's ready to help you. Come. Come. Jesus. 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 We come. I need your help, Jesus.